You know, in Chinese medicine, there's an organ clock where every organ kind of has its peak time. Liver time is around 3 a.m. So anything you can do to support your liver, either before bed or when you wake up, helps you fall back asleep more easily. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body, and lifestyle. Hi, friends. You'll know that I am a big fan of using different things, breathwork techniques, meditation, gratitude, journaling, um, exercise in particular, all different things really to enhance my mental state. I think it's uh, we do these things not really just for our physical peak in terms of exercise, but also really I do it for mental health optimization as much as anything else. And all of these different modalities can really help with that, including things like cold showering, intermittent fasting. They're really effective ways of shifting our state. But what I've got into more recently is the power of essential oils and actually how effective they are at enhancing your mental state. And they can be used really to generate energy, but also to importantly really help and relax you before sleep. And so I, you may have heard me talking about essential oils on my Bite Size Biohacks episode recently and how I use them not just on myself, but with my children, especially if they can't sleep. And just rubbing a little bit of lavender oil on the mastoid bone behind the ear can be really effective. And essential oils um, cross the blood-brain barrier very quickly so they can give you an effect in quite a speedy manner. And so my guest today is an absolute expert on essential oils. She is the wonderful Jodie Sternhoff-Cohen. She is a best-selling author, award-winning journalist, functional practitioner, and founder of Vibrant Blue Oils. And she's combined her training in nutritional therapy and aromatherapy to create, create these unique proprietary blends of organic and wild-crafted essential oils. And she's helped over 50,000 clients heal from brain-related challenges, including things like anxiety, insomnia, and also autoimmunity. And she's a a big speaker actually at wellness centers, conferences and corporations on brain health, essential oil stress and detoxification. Um, she's been featured in the New York Times, Wellness Mama, Elephant Journal and numerous other publications. And her website, Vibrant Blue Oils, is visited by over 300,000 natural health seekers every year. And she's rapidly become a top resource for essential oils education on the internet today. And so I'm very grateful to have her as my guest on today's episode. And so if you've been experimenting with essential oils, maybe you haven't used them at all yet, maybe you're not quite sure how to use them or even to mix up your own blends and things, then you're going to find out exactly how in today's episode. So without further delay, let me introduce you now to the wonderful Jodie Cohen. So Jodie, it is such a pleasure to have you on the show. I haven't had anyone yet dive into the world of essential oils and you're such an expert in this area. I'm really, really, I've been so looking forward to this podcast. So firstly, a really warm welcome to the show. Oh gosh, it's, pl- it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yes, I'm so excited. I think your book is absolutely fantastic. Um, let's start because I know you created Vibrant Blue in 2012 um, on the back of some life events that were happening to you. I think that will really help people to connect with the company and why you started this in the first place um, because you've been on an incredible journey um, since. Could you sort of share and just give the listeners a little bit of an eye opening into, into how you started this? Yeah, it's interesting. I um, I was like a, a corporate girl. I was in marketing at Microsoft and all these big companies and plowing through thinking I was healthy. And then first child was easy, had a second one 22 months later. He was not easy. He had all these ADD symptoms. I was reading every parenting book, taking every parenting class. We used to cue him by pointing at our nose and saying, look at my nose. And he couldn't. 
And then one day a friend noticed that he, his personality totally changed after someone gave him a Ritz cracker. And she told me, you know, my brother was on Ritalin his whole life. And it turned out he was just allergic to weird foods. You should take him to a nutritionist. And I thought, well, that's easy. You know, I've done everything else. The nutritionist immediately identified food allergies, said he was allergic to corn, soy, and dairy. We changed his diet and the next day he could look at our nose. And I was so blown away. He was three at the time. I had spent the last three years literally banging my head against the wall, feeling like, why is nothing working? And food changed him so quickly. I thought I have to learn more. So I went back and got a degree in nutritional therapy, was trying to help other parents, you know, with tricky kids. Um, I live in Seattle, so I'm super close to Bastyr, and they offered this uh, modality called muscle testing that allows you to really easily assess kind of the root cause and the best remedy, even when the kid is squirmy and wiggling and uncooperative. And so I was practicing that modality. And then uh, my own personal life, a, a shoe kind of dropped out. My um, husband at the time was bipolar. He, you know, when I married him, I, I didn't really know. After my daughter was born, he got really manic. I thought we got it under control. Then my son was born and he went depressive and just kept getting worse. And the more I tried to do, the less he did. And it got to the point where um, I thought he was going to die on my watch. And so uh, my friends had an intervention and I learned the word residential treatment facility. We moved him. And the minute I knew he was safe and it wasn't my job to keep him safe, I went into full adrenal exhaustion. I had been, um, you know, my kids were five and seven. I had a, a husband who was unpredictable. I was working. I was just juggling too many balls at the same time and ran out of gas. Uh, so I, my day looked like I would get up with my kids, make them breakfast, pack their lunch, take them to school, come back home, crawl into bed and set the alarm for pickup. And it wasn't sustainable. And I knew enough about it, nutrition at that point that I was ingesting all of the right remedies, but nothing was really helping. Fortunately, I, uh, you know, had been kind of overachiever prior to that, and a good friend of mine, as a thank you gift for helping her with a big fundraiser, came by with a big box of oils. And when she was dropping them off, she said something that really piqued my attention. She said, you know, you have been so high stress for so long, which means high levels of cortisol, which means high levels of systemic inflammation, which means everything you're ingesting probably isn't getting digested, absorbed, and assimilated because your gut is probably toast. Oils are great. They're a great backdoor. You can inhale them. They go directly to the brain. You can topically apply them. They go through the skin. You know, we know this from nicotine patches and hormonal creams. This might help. And I was like, all right, I'll try anything. I'm game. And I was so kind of low energy. I just muscle tested the box. Is anything in here going to help my adrenals? And I got a, a really strong yes, which kind of gave me hope. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's narrow it down. And I couldn't, I kept getting the same five oils, which confused me because I normally can narrow it down to one or two. And then it occurred to me, oh, wait a minute, they're liquid. I can combine them. And I was an oil newbie. I literally went in my kitchen, grabbed a shot glass and made my first blend almost like it was a mixed drink. You know, three drops of this, seven of this, um, put it on my low back and felt like myself was like, wait, I could go, I can go running. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I can go to the supermarket. I can do all the laundry. Yeah, it was one of those, like, that was a win. Yeah, that's a huge win. And just just for people listening, when you say you muscle tested, because some people will be familiar with that, some people will not. Um, can you just describe how you were doing that? 
in case people want yeah, to confuse that. It's the idea that um, the body kind of communicates on many levels and muscle testing can be as simple as asking a yes, no question. And you can either use a pendulum, usually uh, yes is back and forth, no is side to side, or you can use your body, you know, like you can go in the supermarket or, or for me, sometimes it's like, can I have coffee today? And if I lean forward, the body's saying yes. If I lean back, the body's saying no. And so it's just, it's, it's a, a bit of, um, a lot of practitioners do it with the arm and it's just a way of prioritizing uh, what system requires the most attention. How do we prioritize this so that, um, you know, cause you can't do everything at once. You need to kind of pick a lane and go down that road to try to balance the system. Yeah, to figure it out. And um, so the other question I have, cause this is quite interesting is why are they essential, right? They're essential to the plant, but mm -hmm. why are oils essential? So many ways, they're part of the plant's immune system and they really, um, you know, plants are kind of known as adaptogens. That's one thing that people miss, like plants are really the basis for all modern medicine, right? You know, when the pilgrims landed here, they were asking the Native Americans, what do you use? White willow bark became aspirin. Valerian root became Valium. 50% of all pharmaceutical drugs are derived from plants. But in order to get a patent, you can't patent something in nature. That's why vitamin D is not patented. They have to change it a little bit. And in changing it, they alter it enough that they keep the majority of the benefits, but then they create some other side effects. So you know, humans and plants are biofamiliar, right? We eat plants, we eat the animals that are raised on plants. Um, you know, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest with a dad who's an Eagle Scout. So I know if you get, you know, sting yourself with some nettles, you just take the fern next to it and rub the bottom side on your hand. There, there are so many cures that are just kind of right outside our door in nature, but we've kind of forgotten about them. And the oil part of the plant, the concentrated plant is really the super potent medicine. It's kind of where the medicine lives in the plant. In the plant. And um, they're obviously essential to the plant as well, as you say. The interesting thing is that with oils, from where I've been reading your book, is you can get this um, response almost immediately, right? Because of the way it can come through and access and cross the blood brain barrier. So where is the best place for you to, you were talking then when you started experimenting, you were applying them on your lower back, where would somebody apply essential oils and would it be according to what kind of experience they're trying to create, what condition they're trying to treat? So backing up, there are three main ways that you can kind of interact with oils, right? You can smell them, you can literally put it under your nose and smell straight from the bottle. This is interesting because just like if you're um, ravenously hungry, hangry, and you eat, usually it's like a couple bites and then you don't, you, you feel more full. You also get satiated from smell. Like you really, at a certain point, you stop smelling it. So just smelling from the bottle, I think is the most efficient way. I know people like to diffuse. I find that a little wasteful because you're filling the whole room with fragrance and you know, you're, you really don't need that much fragrance in the room. You can also ingest it, which I'm not a huge fan of, um, in part because I think it's wasteful because I think most people have compromised digestion. And then the third way is topical application. And what's interesting is that's really been minimized or diminished. People assume that if you like hurt your wrist and you put an oil on your wrist, it'll help your wrist locally, right? But it's not necessarily gonna help your whole body because they're assuming it has to go through the skin into the capillaries, into the bloodstream, to the heart, and then be pumped system-wide. And that's the way to do it. And they're not wrong. That is one way you can do it. And 
a more um, clinically effective way is to topically apply oils on certain acupuncture points, which have, it's, it's just like an alternate highway. Like think of, you know, where you live, if your freeway is congested or under construction, there's always the, you know, surface streets or other freeways that you can take. There are other pathways in the body. That's why um, CBD with the endocannabinoid system, it just follows a different route of going systemic. So in the book and, and on my site, I really try to talk about different points that you would use for different systemic purposes. You know, if people are looking for the easiest way, the bottom of the feet is the easiest. Um, the skin is really thick. And so even if it's an oil that's quote unquote hot, meaning that it could make uh, skin on your arm red or, um, you know, feel warm, it, it won't cause a problem on the bottom of the feet. And there are all of the reflex points on the bottom of the feet that you can use. And there's a guide in the book and also on my site that kind of shows you which points for which organ system. Yeah, that's, that's so very interesting. I remember um, being in Mauritius and having uh, reflexology and the reflexologist telling me about the endometrial problem, endometriosis that I had and things just from my feet and, and obviously not shared that with her at all. So interesting. When, when you're applying the oils, so do they need to be mixed with a carrier oil? Um, so the, the, the interesting part, the end of the story is I, I made these remedies. I kept creating ones. I felt better. My friends started trying them and they were really encouraging me to do something with it. And I assumed that someone must be doing this. This is so obvious. So I went online and was surprised by two things that uh, no one was really formulating blends to balance organ systems in regions of the brain and that they made blending it really complicated. And I was almost grateful that I didn't have the mental capacity to kind of research in the beginning because I would have felt unqualified. So the answer is if you know, you're know you already um, involved in oils and you, you make your own, then yes, absolutely dilute. My intention was really to make it easier for people because I find that a lot of people who've been struggling with things for a while, there's this shame involved of like, you know, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe I'm not getting it right. And so if something doesn't work, they kind of turn on the inner critic. And I really don't want to promote that. So I really was trying to offer a done for you solution. You know, I've formulated it. I've mixed it for you. I've added the right amount of dilution. You can use it directly out of the bottle. Because I, I think I was reading somewhere that depending on like what you're mixing it with could speed up the way it's absorbed. So like fractionated coconut oil versus say jojoba oil, for example. Exactly. And, and castor oil. Yes, it's true. Think of it as kind of um, timed release versus like immediate effect. Yeah. You, know, you want aspirin, if you have a headache, you want the immediate effect, right? If you're taking um, something like a, a neurotransmitter or a hormone, you want it kind of a slow release over time. But what, I mean, yes, that's true. What I'm trying to do is kind of doing a quick effect on reflex points. So it has a systemic impact. And you might even think of it like an acupuncture session, like what they're doing with needles is what I'm trying to do with oils. They're just balancing the system and, and opening energy blockages so that you're in balance and you stay in balance. Mm. And it's interesting because you and I were chatting offline before the show around, you know, how your subconscious mind is, is driving the car, right? It's, it's dictating everything that you do and kind of keeps bringing you back to center. So you'll go back to where is comfortable, even if it isn't what you truly desire, because comfort kind of beats the, that, that fear down of the unknown. Um, and that's probably the, the biggest thing I think I see clients and, and um, 
and other people, you know, people struggle with, and I struggle with myself, right? We all struggle in our life. When we're trying to create a new change in behavior, for example, is that we get pulled back unintentionally and we don't know why. So somehow, you know, you can lose a certain amount of weight and then the body almost resets itself, whether that's through you self-sabotaging or stress or whatever it is, you can then go back to whatever your quote unquote metabolic set point is. You see it financially. Um, with the oils, I think you were, you and I were chatting about how you can use oils to help reprogram the subconscious mind to a degree. Is that through sort of reprogramming of the cells? Because the, the body kind of holds onto, doesn't it? It it bathes in these neurochemicals and then it holds onto that information in the cells and almost controls the mind. So I, I always kind of grimace when people think of essential oils as a magic bullet and a cure-all. I think of it more as a compliment. I think of it as like the, um, you know, the side dish, not the main dish. And he here's what I really think. Um, we don't know our own blind spots, right? And just smelling essential oils is not going to make you aware of things you're not aware of. So I really encourage people to work with like trained professionals to help them identify what the underlying issue is. And it's often childhood trauma and trauma, you know, we... I was saying to someone like, we all assume that like trauma or abuse is like, you know, um, getting hit or violence or something. It could be as subtle as being invalidated. You know, when you're upset about something, having, uh, you know, your parents say something like, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. You know, it's, it's very subtle. And I don't think just smelling an oil is going to help you become aware of that. I think that if you're working with a trained professional and you identify that and you start to unpack you know, what the underlying issue is, then I think oils can help calm your nervous system and recalibrate your new set point. But I, I think it's, um, it's a, a complement to other exploratory therapies that you're doing. Now, if you need a little bit more help managing stress, shifting through mental states, then you will absolutely love this month's content in my membership, The Female Biohacker Collective. We are focusing all on stress and resiliency this month. I think it's amazing just how much people are feeling the strain of the last few years. Um, and really, the power of managing your internal state is life-changing. And so that's what we're doing all month this July in the Female Biohacker Collective. So if you'd like some help and if you'd like to be around a community of other women that are all biohacking their physical, mental and spiritual health for optimal performance, then go and check out our membership over at angelafoster.me forward slash biohacker. That's angelafoster.me forward slash biohacker. Your sense of smell is so profound, right? You can, you can take yourself back on holiday the moment you sell, smell a sun cream, right? You can just, it's so sort of visual that, that and the way that it just prompts such an immediate and strong reaction with what I suppose would be really helpful is maybe for us to take a few examples of how people might use them. So one thing that I think everyone has been struggling with over the last few years in particular is a lot of anxiety, right? And just so much change and uncertainty in the world. Would this be, would that be a, a specific blend that you would recommend then for most that would work for most people for yeah, something like anxiety? Well, and it's funny because I've always been anxious. Like I was anxious before my, um, oh, my son, by the way, was killed in a car accident three years ago. <laughs> I was anxious before that. I was anxious, but you know, before all of these things. And so he here's what's really interesting. So your, your autonomic nervous system basically controls all of your automatic functions, right? Your ability to breathe, your heart beating, uh, digestion, detoxification, immune function, anti-inflammation. And it has two gears. The 
I am safe and the world is good and I can regenerate and restore and repair the parasympathetic branch. And then the, the world is unsafe and I need to prioritize survival, which is known as the sympathetic branch. And resources are allocated differently, whether, you know, depending upon if you're safe or if you're in danger. When you're in danger, and danger could be everything, people use the example of the lion chasing you down the street, but it could be a, a mental or emotional thought-driven danger, like turning on the news and you know fearing whatever virus is happening now, or looking at the stock market and fearing that you're going to lose your money, or having any kind of altercation with anyone you love and fearing that relationship might change. All of those things kind of gear shift you into this sympathetic branch where Blood is um, routed towards your arms and your legs so you can escape. Your eyesight changes, your pupils, the black part of your eyes get bigger to take in more light. And your thinking and thought processes change because if survival is at stake, you really can't kind of contemplate all the possibilities. You'll, you know, you'll die. So it kind of traps you in what's known as the reptilian part of your brain, the back of your brain, as opposed to your forehead area, your prefrontal cortex, where all executive function occurs. And so what's interesting, we talked about these two gears, sympathetic is survival, parasympathetic is rest, digest, and heal. When you're feeling anxiety, you're in that sympathetic survival state. So we need to help you gear shift out of that and into parasympathetic, and that's when you feel safe and calm down. The gear shift is the longest nerve in the body that most people have never heard of. It's called the vagus nerve. Not what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but V-A-G-U-S. It is the information superhighway between the brain and the body, body and the brain. And it starts at the back of the head, base of the brain splits. If you feel with me behind your earlobe, between your earlobe, and that's a, the mastoid bone you're feeling, that's a divot. All acupuncture points are divots. We're going to kind of call this the anxiety pause button, panic pause button. That is the best point for applying this oil that helps you kind of gear shift out. Um, the vagus nerve then winds through the throat, the heart, the lungs, every organ of digestion and detoxification. And there are a lot of practitioners that talk about vagus nerve stimulation, which means any point that the vagus nerve touches or innervates can be stimulated to gear shift you into parasympathetic. Things that are quoted are like, uh, you know, gagging yourself with a tongue depressor, um, humming, gargling until you cry, coffee enemas, any kind of deep breathing technique, all of these things stimulate the vagus nerve, gear shift you into parasympathetic. When I was practicing, uh, I would say that to people and I could see from the look of their eyes, they're like, they would look at me like I had three heads, like, yeah, I'm, I'm so not doing that. And so I had to figure out a way to make it easier. So I was looking at the research and there was this New York neuroscientist named Kevin Tracy who was literally surgically implanting a pacemaker-like device behind the earlobe on that mastoid bone where we just uh, focused on. And he was getting great results. He, the FDA approved it actually for epilepsy, migraines, and depression. And so he was using electric stimulation on that point. And I realized, oh, you know, some oils are stimulatory. We talked about how it can feel kind of mm. hot or turn red. And so I started also using a heart rate variability monitor and testing different oils behind the ear. Now there, there's a chemistry aspect of oils, right? You know, how big is the molecular weight? How quickly does it get through and absorb? So the blend I settled on, I call parasympathetic and it's clove and lime. Clove has medium sized molecules, which means it takes a little bit of time to get through. 
Lime has super small molecules, fractionated oak, coconut oil makes it more accessible. So literally all you do is put your thumb on the bottom of the bottle, finger on the top, flip the bottle and put a little bit behind the ear. It can be on both ears or one side. The left side is um, kind of more uh, vagus nerve signaling down to the body. Um, but it, it doesn't really matter. And this is a really easy thing. You can do it on your kids before they eat a meal so that you turn on digestion. So blood flow is routed back to organs of digestion. You can do it for detoxification. It's a really easy hack because what happens when you do that, you know, your body thinks survival is at stake. And so you're looking for all the danger and that's anxiety. You're, you're worried, you know, everything's a threat. Then suddenly you gear shift into parasympathetic and you see solutions and possibilities. You realize, wait a minute, that might not be a danger. I don't even know. I need more information. Gosh, maybe my friend, you know, would have a good answer. And suddenly, you know, the opposite of I don't feel safe is I have choices. When you're in parasympathetic, you have a lot of choices. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And so if someone was to do this, how quickly would they start to feel that when they're rubbing it on? Um, how quickly is that absorbed and starts to create that impact? Immediately. Immediately. It's like, yeah, it's like when you walk into a room and turn on the lights, how quickly do you see light? Yeah, immediately. That's interesting. And how long would it last for once you've applied it? It kind of depends. It's it's a little bit like, you know, it's like if you're trying to get someone to start, you know, an exercise routine, you know, if, if they exercise every day, they're, you know, running a mile is like nothing. If they, you know, if taking a two minute walk from the couch to the bathroom exhausts them, it's going to take longer. So it really depends on what you're really trying to build is, is this idea of regulation. And, and we kind of talked about this, this idea of threshold, right? So if you, um, you know, say, for example, are a runner and you run mile, you know, marathons all the time. And someone says, hey, there's a, you know, 5K race tomorrow. Like you wouldn't need to train. You could run three miles without even thinking about it. If your nervous system is well-regulated and something very stressful comes along, you're going to be able to handle that because your vagus nerve is toned and you're in shape. If, you know, you've never even owned sneakers and have never run a day in your life, that's going to be require more effort, right? And so it just depends, it can last. I mean, I typically tell people when they start, it's hard to form a new habit. So I, I like to tether it to an existing habit. So I just say, leave it by your toothbrush. You know, most people are trained to brush their teeth twice a day, mm -hmm. sometimes more. And so when they see it by their toothbrush, they remember to use it. And then what typically happens is they have a positive experience. You know, once you realize like, oh, this is pretty easy and it helps me, you're carrying it in your pocket, you know, you buy an extra one for your car, it just becomes easier. But, you know, some people, you put it on in the morning and, you know, it's still, you still feel calm by noon. And, and then there are kind of extraordinary events like, you know, in the US, uh, our election was pretty stressful. So I, <laughs> I thought of day drinking, but I decided to just use <laughs> Your oils all day drinking, which one? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of my, you know, because when that, that anxiety is extreme, it's, it's a lot like, and, and you, even if you're aware of it, you're like, oh my God, I'm like, I want to like crawl out of my skin. This is hard. Yeah, really hard. Well, that's interesting, actually, because I guess that was where I was kind of leading to with it is it sounds like then the more that you use it, the more you train that system, the more responsive it is. Does the dose then go up? So for example, you know, if I was training my muscles in the gym, over time, I'm going to have to use a heavier and heavier weight. No, 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 you don't need, the dose doesn't go up. I mean, you always just, it's, it's a very small amount. A little is a lot. And that's what's also nice about oils is, you know, people might think, oh, that's a little expensive, but it lasts a really long time. Mm. 
Yeah, that's why they're in such small, um, small containers. Now, the other thing that was really interesting when I was looking at your book was your research around how cinnamon oil can actually help individuals with insulin resistance, uh, which was intriguing, right? Yeah, there's there's a lot of research. It's funny, we talked about Ben Greenfield. He adds cinnamon to his coffee. Certain um, herbs are kind of exceptionally amazing at supporting the system. And even, you know, if you're like a little wary of uh, oil, you can start, you know, just by cinnamon. I used to, I'm dating myself, but Jerry Seinfeld used to always say cinnamon should be a condiment, you know, they should have like ketchup, the mustard and the cinnamon on the table. Yeah. And I, I thought that was great. Cinnamon should be a condiment. It's it's really great because it kind of does help regulate blood sugar between meals. You can do it um, as cinnamon oil. Ben Greenfield actually told me he like sometimes does it on the inside of his cheek or he adds it to if you do oil pulling, he likes to do it that way or even just smelling it. Uh, there's a lot of research, both cinnamon and peppermint can kind of satiate appetite between meals. Cinnamon and peppermint, yeah. I like cinnamon particularly. I, th I think it's great, particularly when you're having something like higher carb base like oats or something in the morning and just for regulating um, blood sugar. And what about then, um, because this is quite an interesting area about, you know, everyone's getting very excited about trying different nootropics at the moment. Um, and uh, I've been interviewing various people around creating more of a flow state and experimenting with myself. But actually, this seems a very easy way, right, to cross that blood brain barrier and create. So are there certain oils? What would you recommend, say, for example, when you want to be hyperproductive or when you want to be more creative and access that flow state and, and develop more in, intuition? Yeah, so it's basically, I mean, it. the short answer is it, it doesn't matter. It's personal preference. There's a lot of great research on rosemary and peppermint in particular um, for kind of activating the prefrontal cortex and helping with concentration. And what's really happening is, you know, where the blood flows, that's where the energy goes, right? And so think of it as like a congested freeway, right? Your freeway has four lanes, but three of them are under construction. So you're not gonna be able to move through there as quickly. And then you pass the construction area, all four lanes open, you cruise more freely. So what's happening is that the oils are kind of helping to expand the, the veins, they're vasodilating. And so you get more oxygen flow. And if you put them like, you know, if you ever have a headache or, or you're a mom and you just kind of put your hand, your forehead, you know, what you're doing is you're drawing energy there and you're causing blood flow. And so when you create blood flow in the area, it, it brings more healing, right? It brings all the nutrients and the oxygen. Yeah. And so putting, you can put some oils on your temples. You can do peppermint or rosemary. Those are hot dilute them with another oil. You can also just smell because what people don't realize is nose cells are brain cells and they go directly to the forehead. So they're bringing energy to the prefrontal cortex. Um, another one that most people like orange, you know, orange is pretty affordable. A lot of the, some of the, the citrus oils all have small molecules, so they get in really quickly. Um, you know, people rave about neroli and bergamot and they're great and they're expensive. Orange is pretty affordable and it's pretty accessible and most kids like it. You know, that's a good one. If uh, you're thinking of using this on yourself or your child and you've never tried oils, just go to any store that has them and just do a quick smell test and pick the one you like. Because if you like it, you'll use it. If you find it repugnant, you're never going to want to open it. She's going to quickly interrupt today's show to tell you about my favorite, favorite supplement for reducing stress and anxiety. 
It is the original chill pill or nature's value. And I'm not talking about anything like cannabis or marijuana. I'm talking about magnesium. It's a completely underappreciated mineral that really helps to reduce stress hormones, enhance mental well-being, stimulate the production of GABA, and potentially even lift things like depression. And I absolutely love taking Bioptimizer's magnesium. I take two at night before bed, and I take another one in the morning, and it just helps me get a wonderful night's sleep pretty much every single night, which just makes you feel amazing. Barring, obviously, when my dog might wake me up or one of my children. Um, now, you can get a cool 10% off Bioptimizer's magnesium breakthrough by going to buyoptimizers.com forward slash Angela and entering code Angela10 at checkout. That's buyoptimizers.com forward slash Angela and entering code Angela10 at checkout. And then let me know how you get on because I'd love to hear about how it enhances your recovery from exercise, your sleep and your kind of mood and anxiety levels. So that's buyoptimizers.com forward slash Angela and enter code Angela10 at checkout. Now let's get back to the podcast. What about for sleep, putting them on before you go to bed? Yeah, there's a lot of research that lavender is good. You know, it's good on the bottom of the feet. Um, my favorite way actually to use lavender, I love Epsom salt baths. You know, you take like two cups of Epsom salt. I add a cup of um, baking soda because it alkalizes. And then honestly, with all the viruses, I've been doing about a tablespoon of boron. And then I just add the lavender, uh, mix it in the bathtub, use the bathtub as the mixing bowl and then make the water as hot as you possibly can. And it does many things. It dilates your um, pores so that your skin, it basically allows the good things in and helps also to detoxify, taking the bad things out. We have a couple sleep oils. Sleep can be, um, there, there are different reasons that sleep is complicated, right? If you're having trouble falling asleep, that often has to do with the release of melatonin which can be compromised by an, a number of things. Um, it could be that your stress hormones like cortisol are high and cortisol and melatonin have a synergistic relationship. If cortisol is high you know, and you need energy to mobilize and, and run, you're not gonna wanna fall asleep. So melatonin is low. And the ideal rhythm is that cortisol is high in the morning. So you have the energy to get up and function through the day. And then in response to darkness, it starts to decline and melatonin increases so that you can fall asleep easily. Sometimes if you're, you know, if you're worrying or you're thinking you get more anxious at night, that imbalance um, is kind of off. And so we have a blend called circadian rhythm that you basically, what, what it's doing is triggering the pineal gland to release melatonin. So you put it on the top of the head, kind of the skin above the ears, back of the head, the pineal glands in the exact middle of the brain. So you're just trying to trigger it from all sides, except for on your face, because if you toss and turn, we don't want you to get oils in your eyes when you're sleeping. If you're waking up around 1am and you're wide awake, that's often what's known as a blood sugar wake up. Your uh, blood sugar dips too low in the night. So the adrenals kind of release emergency sugar. You know, that sugar, the pancreas ideally should release insulin to kind of, or no, oh my gosh, my brain right now. Sorry. Yeah. It, yeah, it should to bring it back down. But you, you get, yeah. um, you're right. You get when your blood sugar goes too low, you get a release of adrenaline and cortisol, right? And often then that wakes people up, and they had no idea it was to do with their blood sugar. Well, yeah, they're all adrenalized. So basically, we have a blend called pancreas that helps kind of carry the blood sugar out of the veins and into oh. the cells, so you can go back to sleep. And then night waking around 3 a.m. is um, usually detox related. You know, in Chinese medicine, there's a, a 
organ clock where every organ kind of has its peak time. Liver time is around 3 a.m. So anything you can do to support your liver either before bed or when you wake up helps you fall back asleep more easily. So actually what you were saying there around um, with lavender and like stimulating melatonin in the pineal gland, that would be quite a good one to do then before meditation or if you're trying to create a sense of deep relaxation. Um, yes and no, it could put you to sleep. And I think a lot of people who struggle to meditate, the reason they struggle to meditate <laughs> is they're falling asleep. <laughs> so it might be a little bit too much. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Um, and what about inflammation, like for people that have pain in certain area, particularly like muscle ache and things, um, is that best to then apply oils onto a certain area? And what would yeah, they use? Yeah. And we, we, the parasympathetic is kind of in charge of the, um, signals, which includes pain signaling. And also it is the vagus nerve that releases the anti-inflammatory neurotransmitter acetylcholine. So that's where I would start. And then we do have, we have one called nerve repair that's good for general pain, one called anti-inflammatory that's also great for pain. And we've got a, a frankincense oil. The one that I'm playing with at the moment is I just created a new fascia blend that's going to launch in July um, because there is a relationship between the lymph, the fascia and the vagus nerve. And it, it's a little bit like a, a three-legged race. Like if, you know, the fascia is, um, they call it kind of like the turtle hunch. If you're guarded, you know, and kind of clenching, this is one reason people grind their teeth. You get stuck in these like body patterns. And even if you're balancing the other systems, but the fascia is still clenching, it's really hard to kind of unpack that and um, return to health. So I'm trying to hit it from all sides. It's exciting. I like the idea of that. Um, okay. And so people could then presumably the best way to use these is almost to have different blends across the day, right? So to use a blend in the morning, like, could you talk us through like, what does your daily routine look like in terms of the way you use essential oils? Yeah. And before I get into that, because I think there is this kind of all you can eat buffet, people are like, oh my God, everything's wrong with me. I need everything. And one of my dearest friends treats the chronically ill. And she said, you know, people come to me with this almost like box full of all their tests and they think they're incredibly complicated. And at the end of the day, and this was what I was really trying to focus on in the book, it's not that complicated because no matter what your diagnosis is, there are really three things that you need to focus on. The first is sleep. So if you're struggling with sleep, start there, you know, let's get you sleeping because a lot of times once you're sleeping, you know, blood sugar imbalances, pain, a lot of these things, you know, your body heals and repairs when you're sleeping. And so if we can get you sleeping, that might fall away. The second main thing is that most people don't know how to gear shift out of sympathetic into parasympathetic. So if we can help you do that, everything else starts to work better. And then the final thing is this idea of drainage that we haven't talked about. Like, you know, the good things need to get in and the bad things need to get out. And so if you're constipated, right, how does the garbage leave your cell? It goes from the cell, you need to be in the parasympathetic state for it to be safe to detoxify into the fascia, into the lymph, into the blood, into the liver, into the gallbladder, into the gut, into the toilet, ideally. But, you know, at any point there can be congestion. So we want to make sure that the congestion gets moved up or released. The biggest congestion is often in the lymph system because the lymph system does not have its own pump. You know, you need to literally put your arms over your head to move your lymph. Um, and so our lymph oil is great for that, especially the neck is a really big point of congestion. Um, you know, when you're sleeping, it's uh, the brain cleans house. It's called the glymphatic system. Glial, which are brain cells, activated lymphatic system. Your brain shrinks and it's almost like a car wash washes through 
and then all of the, the dirty fluid drains down your neck. If your neck is congested, you know, because there's a lot going on there, there's the structure, the bones, there's the muscle, there's the nerves, there's the veins, there's the lymph. Think of being in the middle seat on the airplane between two linebackers. You know, where are you going to put your arms? You can't get them on the armrest. If there's a lot of congestion of other things, then it, the fluid's not going to drain. So just working on your neck, working on your lymph, you know, your clavicle points, if you go ahead and feel with me on your clavicles, if either of them are slightly tender, that's just a good point to kind of massage throughout the day. Or you can do almost like you're painting little gentle brush strokes with your two fingers down. That just helps open up that point of congestion so that everything can, all the bad stuff can leave. And though, so what about the, oh, sorry, go on. No, no, that, like, I, I think, um, I, I guess what the point I want to drive home is if you're worried and you're like, I need everything, don't take everything. Like start with those three things. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and also importantly, understand what the experience is creating, right? Before you add more things in, so you're feeling that you're coming back to balance. Um, what about for people who have swelling, right? So commonly people get, you know, puffy eyes under the eyes here that they want to, to get rid of or in their hands or in their ankles and their feet or their lower leg. What have you found to be good for that? That's lymph too. Yeah. And, and interesting about lymph is the main points of congestion are under the arms and along the bikini line, um, sometimes in the gut and the neck and the clavicle. So I tell people like, focus there because uh, it's a little bit like a hydraulic system. Like, yes, it's congested in the ankles and, and you can focus on the ankles, but it's mostly because there's a bottleneck upstream. Like if you think about, you know, if there's a traffic jam, it, it typically backs up away from the traffic jam. It's not just like, you know, like it, it pushes everything back. But once the traffic jam is cleared, you know, the traffic jam, like uh, the ingual area on the inside of the bikini line, then everything can flow. So that is a great one for kind of helping to make sure fluid is moving. Yeah, amazing. There's, there's right you know, I, I think I have a lot of recommendations on the site, like rebounding is great for the lymph, dry brush, brushing, yoga, any kind of movement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, saunas, rebounding before the sauna is something I quite like to do and, and body brush. Yeah, yeah really amazing. Um, okay. And, uh, any kind of, before you go, any last sort of um, rare oils that you want to speak of that people might not oh. know? Well, my favorite is Blue Tansy, which is from Morocco, and it actually looks blue. And it's in both our heart blend and our histamine balance blend. And for anyone who has any kind of seasonal allergies or inflammation, it's my favorite. You can just smell it and feel better. I, I tend to travel with it because so many hotel rooms are moldy. Um, or you can, you know, put it on the back of the neck, on the ears, kind of uh, circle it within the nostrils. Um, it's just, it, it's really nice for kind of rebalancing uh, any kind of allergy response. That's good to know. Amazing, uh, amazing. Well, I definitely highly recommend people go and check out your book, uh, Essential Oils to Boost the Brain and Heal the Body. And, uh, and as we were chatting before the show, that your oils are available over here in Europe, certainly in the UK and Ireland. Um, so please, Jody, please share, how can people find out more about you, about your oils, your work, and, and everything that you're doing? Well, you know, we have a book bonus that might be helpful. It's free. If you ah. go to boostthebrainbook.com backslash gift, it is uh, 25 ways to activate your vagus nerve, especially if you're in a country where you can't 
try the oils or you just want to play with this and see like, does this really work? Um, they can also come visit us at vibrantblueoils.com or email us with any questions at info at vibrantblueoils.com. Amazing. Thank you. We will link to all of that in the show notes. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body and lifestyle.